0: Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast, which usually is a weekly show, but it's been a bit since we chatted, since we had a WSN podcast. Been a couple weeks here, uh, kind of a, a struggle with uh, with the weather in the springtime and kind of put a hold on our spring sports for quite a while, which kind of put a hold on some of the news and, and discussion topics and items that we had for, uh, for a while there. But we're back at it because it is playoff time in spring sports. If you haven't been following along, it uh, every spring sport is now into either has started their playoffs, will start their playoffs this week, and now it is a, a real sprint to the finish uh, for all of these spring sports, track and field, soccer, softball, baseball, um, golf, boys tennis, it's, it's going to be a, uh, a really fast couple of weeks on the schedule as we get ready for all of the action that is going to be taking place here in the next couple weeks. And uh, On today's WSN podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs and, and the timelines and uh, touch on some things here and there. And then at the end, we're gonna uh, chat a little bit about the WSN football rankings, the spring football rankings that came out uh, this week for a number of the the smaller divisions, and we'll continue next week uh, in in the rest of this week as well. They'll wrap up next week, but uh, just kind of chat about some of the uh, you know musings and and uh, kind of what I think of of the different divisions and and how things might break down. Um, just kind of give a general overview of, uh, of each of those divisions. So we'll get into that in just a bit. But again, before we do that, we will chat about some of the spring tournaments and spring sports. And um, we'll start our look with softball because that's where a lot of the action has already taken place. Those teams have been into uh, tournament play since last week, um, begin uh, regional finals already. Thursday of this week, so it's uh, it's moving along pretty briskly. Um, you know, softball is a sport that there's not a lot of upsets a lot of times. You know, it, uh, it, it's very pitcher-dominated, obviously, and uh, the best teams have the best pitchers and they have the best chances to advance, and, and that's why you see a lot of the one-seeds and two-seeds advancing through the playoffs. Uh, but again, the regional finals for girls' softball. are this Thursday, and then next week is sectional play. Tuesday uh, Our sectional semifinals, Thursday Our sectional finals, and then it's off to uh, Goodman Diamond in Madison and any auxiliary diamonds that they have to use because of weather. But uh, uh, squeezing in five divisions of play again this year, what is this, the second or third year that there's been five divisions, really compresses that schedule even further from what it had been. I don't know how many years in a row it is now that they've had to go to Auxiliary Diamonds a lot of times over in Verona because weather delays things or there's uh, longer games, what have you. But they schedule all of the games at Goodman Diamond in Madison. And that uh, state tournament is set to take place Thursday, June 6th through, through Saturday, June 8th, when all, the, all five state champions will be crowned. Uh, girls Soccer. Uh, is uh, is a little bit uh, behind in that it's it's a week. Uh, the state tournament actually is a, a week and a half, almost two weeks after um, the the softball state tournament. So uh, they haven't even started tournament play in girls soccer yet. That does get underway. However, this Thursday, uh, or, or excuse me, Tuesday, uh, next Tuesday, um, for Some of the sectionals, some of the divisions, Um, and actually there's a couple games in Division 1, just kind of play-in games, I think, on Saturday of this week, on uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Some of the divisions, again, depending on how many teams they have, etc., get underway next Tuesday. Some of them don't get underway until next Thursday, Uh, but then it's a pretty quick schedule from there. They play Thursday, uh, Tuesday and Thursday, and then uh, Saturday. The following Thursday uh, is the sectionals, Thursday and Saturday. Then the state tournament, uh, set at uh, Eline Soccer Park down in the Milwaukee area, goes from Thursday, June 13th, to Saturday, June 15th, so I guess it's only a week after the, uh, the softball state tournament, not two weeks, but um, it is later, so they haven't begun their playoff trips yet, um, but uh, set to go championships on Saturday June 15th in four divisions. Um kind of interesting. I I don't remember exactly when they did it, but the order of the state championships it goes 3 2 1 4 on that championship Friday, or excuse me, championship Saturday. Um I I I, be, I believe that was done to try to get uh, a little bit more fan support there earlier in the morning. Maybe there's some other things that came into play there, but Um, you know, I I think it was a a move and and that also bumped up and and changed the order of the semifinals as well, but, uh, kind of get things going and get a buzz a little bit, uh, earlier on in the day, earlier on in the tournament, something that has been discussed at, for instance, the basketball state tournament. Um, they moved the order of the semifinals around a few years ago, uh, to have three and four on Thursday of the basketball state tournaments to try to get a little bigger buzz, bigger crowd in the building. But uh, you know, is that something that they might do? And, and again, they have talked about for championship day instead of going five, four, three, two, one, should they change that around and maybe go, you know, two, five, four, three, one, or something like that um, to try to get uh, a few more people in the building early on. But. Uh, We'll see. Uh, But again, girls soccer gets underway next week with their tournament action. And then the state tournament, June 13th through June 15th. Which brings us to baseball. And that is uh, uh, one that gets underway this week. In fact, it gets underway tomorrow, Thursday, for some of the teams. Now, some of the teams have opening buys and uh, don't play until next week. But the first regional games are set for this Thursday, May 23rd. Uh, around the state. There's uh, a decent number of games, especially in the uh, smaller divisions. In Division 1, there's uh, no games I'm, I'm aware of. Uh, I think all of them are set for Tuesday. So you get uh, that opening round today, or excuse me, this week on Thursday, and then really get into that the, uh, the meat of the schedule where uh, everybody's playing next Thursday. And then, you get right into sectional play, sectional doubleheaders, kind of a unique thing in baseball. Um, uh, I'm not 100% sure why they do it that way. It might be to um, be able to have pitchers that throw in sectionals, have a better shot of, st- of uh, throwing in the state tournament the following week, but uh, either way, uh, they uh, they get at it. Uh, Tuesday, June 4th are the sectional doubleheaders, and that's always kind of a fun day. If you can get out and and take in some games on that day, uh, it, it's pretty fun. You, you get to see three games in one location in one time. Uh, you can bring your, your, uh, lawn chair, uh, your folding chair, your camping chair, whatever you have, your, your bucket, uh, and, and sit out and watch three games, kind of a, you know, a, an easier pace to baseball than if you were going to sit down and watch three basketball games or three football games. Um, but uh, fun to do if you if you can get around to it, and uh, obviously you can check the WIA site. You can check WSN for the schedules and where those sectionals are located, and try to find the one closest to you, and uh, and get out there and and take a peek. So, uh, so Tuesday, June fourth, are the sectionals uh, again double headers that day. So it's a mini three team tournament at each location, and the winners of that go on to the state tournament at Fox City Stadium in. Uh, technically Grand Chute, not Appleton, but uh, right next to Appleton, right up there by the uh, the Fox River Mall. With quarterfinal action for Division I on Tuesday, June 11th, semifinals continue on uh, June 12th, Wednesday, June 12th, and then state championships on Thursday, June 13th. A middle-of-the-week state tournament, we don't have too many of those, so... Uh, that will uh, that and and the girls soccer tournament that are uh, that follows that weekend or begins that week and, and wraps up that weekend are the end. No more uh, summer baseball, so we don't have that to look forward to. So, really, baseball and, and girls soccer wrap things up. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the track and field state tournament coming up as well. They held regionals this uh, Monday, uh, the sectionals are coming up here shortly as well. Uh, sectionals come up actually, I'm sorry, tomorrow, May 23rd, and then the state tournament next weekend, May 31st through June 1st, Friday and Saturday at Veterans Memorial Stadium in lacrosse a beautiful, beautiful backdrop for, uh, the state track and field meet, uh, really one of the crown jewels on the, uh, on the schedule. There's a ton of action. It's, it's awful fast paced. You've got obviously events going on on the track. You've also got events going on over at the high jump pit, the long jump pit. Uh, the shot put and discus area, um, pole vault pit. There's a lot to see. It is it is difficult to keep track of sometimes what's going on and where everybody's at. Um, but it it's uh, it's awful fun. So many athletes in one location, and uh, we've obviously seen some incredible performances over the years. And have to give a shout out to, um, you know, a uh, an alumni an alumnus of the state track and field meet making international headlines in track and field this year. Kenny Bednarik from Rice Lake, who was an outstanding football player, but really you, you, you kind of knew that uh, track and field was going to be his his thing. Uh, he was a part of, uh, I think, nine individual championships. Um, uh, eight, maybe. Uh, no, Seven. I'll I'll get it right one of these times, but uh, an incredible track performer at Rice Lake. um, And he has made headlines with some really blistering times, especially in the 200-meter dash at uh, Junior College in Iowa. Um, Went to the Drake Relays and and performed really well there. He just set what would have been a, uh, I don't know if it was a world record or wind-aided world record, collegiate record um, and at a race over the weekend or earlier this week. And, you know, that's a pretty interesting story. A kid out of northern Wisconsin, Rice Lake High School, goes to a junior college in Iowa. And all of a sudden here he is setting records and and among the best in the entire world at what he does. State track and field meet. Get to that one if you can. Uh, Again, a a really uh, fun experience if you can get out there. Uh, Want to circle back to uh, to baseball real quick, um, and just kind of look over briefly the the final rankings that came out from the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association earlier this week. Uh, as you look at Division One, a lot of the teams that we uh, thought would be at the top are are there. jamesville Craig has been number one the last few weeks. They've kind of settled into that spot. Uh, Burlington. Kimberly, Green Bay Preble, Stevens Point round out the top five. Defending champion Key has taken uh, a couple licks late in the season, and they're down at six. But uh, especially in Division I, where you have quarterfinals, semifinals, and the finals at the state tournament uh, in essentially three days in a row or a very short time period, um, it's all about pitching. You've got to have certainly three pitchers that can can go out there and tow the mound for you and probably got to have four or five by the time the, the week is over. So it really it really boils down to pitching, and, and that's why uh, a lot of times you know it's, it's the, the top teams that, that get there and, and do well, but sometimes you get that, uh, that team that'll pop up that wasn't necessarily on the radar, but they've got guys that go out and throw strikes, keep things moving, and can really uh, make a difference, obviously. Pitching is very important, Divisions 2 through 4, but you only have two games you have to worry about there. But you still have to have two guys at least that can go out and get outs for you and uh, potentially hold the opponent down. Um, a lot of times we, we see you know some pretty high scoring games at the state tournament. We see uh, you know, the, the ball get thrown on, thrown around a little bit on, uh, in, in the big stadium. Um, but if you can have a guy out there that can mow down the opposition, and especially if you can have two guys, Really sets yourself up well, obviously. In Division Two, West Appear ascended to the top spot this week. Waupon, uh, defending champion, they've uh, been highly ranked as well all year. Interesting to see Beloit Turner uh, suffer their first loss of the year to Catholic Memorial. Draped, dropped all the way from the top spot when they were undefeated to number six this week. Um, River Falls, the champion of the Big Rivers Conference, also in the mix. Union Grove, Whitefish Bay, uh, pretty... Uh, Pretty good mix of uh, of teams there. Division three, Saint Mary Catholic and Prairie Sheen have pretty much been the top two teams all year. They flip flopped once or twice. Uh, Latest poll has Saint Mary Catholic on top, and of course, Division three was a Division one by Webster last week or last year, excuse me. But Webster drops down to Division four, so keeps things a little bit more interesting and uh, you know, kind of unknown in Division three. Saint Mary Catholic was a runner up last year, but Pertuchin's looking very good. Iola Scandinavia's got some good arms. is always a good program. And then in Division 4, Webster has dominated this year and is a heavy, heavy favorite, undefeated. Now, you've got Mineral Point behind Webster in the second spot is undefeated as well. Uh, but really, it's it's Webster that is a heavy favorite with a couple Division 1 pitchers and some other guys that are capable of going out and, and shutting you down. Um, some big hitters in that lineup, so... Uh, looking very strong for them to repeat as state champions, dropping down from Division Three to Division Four. So that'll bring us to our, our look at uh, the, the football spring rankings that came out earlier this week on wisports.net. And we'll kind of, uh, again, just do a quick breakdown of each division and, and some thoughts on, uh, on where things are with each one. And we'll start with eight-player. And, uh, of course, this year... Uh, Well, let's go back to, I guess, last fall. Technically, this school year was the first year, first ever officially sanctioned WIAA state tournament won by Sevastopol as they beat Luck in the championship game, Uh, an outstanding comeback by Sevastopol to get the title there. It was an eight-team tournament in eight-player football, but this year... With the number of teams continuing to increase, it will expand to a 16-team tournament in eight-player football. Awesome to see. Great to see the numbers increasing. We were kind of on a plateau there for a little while, uh, right around the 30 mark. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's shot up quite a bit. And there will be quite a few more teams joining next year in 2020 as well. Now, uh, not all of those new teams are eligible for the postseason because the WIA does still have a stipulation that uh, to be eligible for the eight-player postseason, your enrollment has to be two hundred or under. So there are some teams that are coming in, Algoma, for instance, and Schwamigan, uh, some other teams uh, coming in next year, and certainly some teams still uh, that are have been playing eight-player football that are not eligible based on those uh, in, enrollment guidelines, but. An interesting year in in eight player. I think, uh, you know, looking at what to expect this year, Luck's been the most consistent program, the most successful program in in eight player football since the beginning. I've got them number one. Um, Got a couple, uh, they had three players rush for over a thousand yards last year. One is back, Bennett Jansen at quarterback. Um, But uh, a really powerful team. Newman Catholic went undefeated last year, uh, in in the regular season. That is until losing in the playoffs. Um, Sevastopol should be should be solid again, um, and then it's it's kind of a crapshoot sometimes on on uh, you know some of the other teams. Rosters are so small, and uh, obviously small schools and small uh, enrollments make things difficult to uh, to peg sometimes. But really interested to see. Uh, in eight player football the expansion the, the the new teams coming in, how they integrate and, and uh, you know what kind of success they might be able to have, but also the 16 team tournament, how that will work and how uh, that will play out in 2019. Division seven it's been ruled by three teams the last uh, last handful of years here. Blackhawk, Edgar and Bangor. they were one, two and three all last year uh, the year before. They've been responsible for what the last four or five state championships in Division Seven, and I don't see much changing with that. Interesting to note, uh, Blackhawk, of course, beginning a a new co-op this year uh, with Warren, Illinois, and how that will uh, work for uh, the Blackhawks, or excuse me, the Warriors for the Blackhawk Warriors. Um, Corey Mills expects that uh, they'll get a, a few players from that Warren squad. Now, interesting to note that will put them up there in enrollment when you combine those two enrollments. <coughs> Excuse me. They'll be very close to the cut line to going up to Division 6. Coach Mills thinks that they'll stay in Division 7, but it uh, kind of depends on where the official numbers come out and obviously what happens it, o- over the uh, course of the year and in the final uh, crazy night as we find out where all the. Uh, division cut lines are etc but I like Blackhawk I like Edgar and I like Bangor and I would be very surprised if the state champion came out of that group Um, interesting to note as well Bangor uh, after a year kind of stepping down uh, Rick Mullenberg is uh, going to be back as head coach Kevin Kravick led the Cardinals last year um, but it'll be Mullenberg stepping back into the, uh, the head coach role this season. Todd Sommerfeld, our good friend from the Lacrosse Tribune, just tweeted that out earlier today. So, uh, kind of interesting there. But again, Blackhawk, well, Blackhawk, Warren, Edgar, and Bangor, the three dominant programs in Division 7 right now, and, and expect that to continue. <coughs> Excuse me. Division 6, the big storyline last year was that St. Mary Springs was not in Division 6 as uh, the Ledgers ended up as the smallest school in Division 5 uh, after winning the title in Division 6 in 2017. They went on to win it in 2018 in Division 5, but that meant a new opportunity, a new champion in Division 6, and that was Iola Scandinavia. Behind uh, Bryce Hitner, who set a new career rushing record in Wisconsin, uh, very powerful team, very physical team, Scott Erickson got his first state title after three previous runner-up trophies, uh, and expect Iowa Scandinavia to be very good again. Even though they do lose Hittner, even though they do lose Kellen Wanke, uh, a two-way lineman up front, and some other good players, um, they've got a good program going there. Connor Kirke, their quarterback, is is outstanding. He's committed for Division One baseball, but if he was going to focus on football, he's a kid that you know would be a scholarship type kid. I think at some level, uh, in You know, what do they do with him? And Will Cady was their top receiver. He's back. They're going to run the football still. I mean, it's not like they're going to throw it all over the place all of a sudden. But, uh, you know, who's going to step into that role? Who's going to be the the main ball carrier this year? Or do they throw it a little bit more uh, than what they have in the past and take advantage of the talents of Kirky and Will Cady? But I, I like Iola Scandinavia. But the team I had first in the rankings was actually Racine Lutheran, the team they beat in the state finals last year. Um, you know, they, they were third in their own conference, but it was a very good league uh, that also included division four state champion. we St. Catharines, Martin Luther, but, uh, Ralu dropped down in the playoffs and, and made an outstanding run, obviously, to get all the way to Madison for the first time. And a lot of that was due to running back Tyler Tenner, who I had a chance to see not only at the state tournament, but also in a playoff game against Cambridge, and man, I tell you, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a, a player harder to bring down at the running back position than Tenor. Very well built, very solid in the lower body, uh, thick in the lower body, excellent balance and vision, um, just incredibly difficult to get a square hit on him, get your arms wrapped around him, and get him to the ground. So his return in, in potential that he could break... Bryce Hitner's career rushing record in 2019 is a big reason why I have Racine Lutheran in the number one spot. Their second leading rusher, Jalen Houston, is also back. Now, they had some depth cons- concerns last year, especially on the offensive line and defensive line. They had a lot of kids go both ways, and a lot of those kids are gone. So it uh, a lot will uh, be riding on some new players stepping up in the trenches for the Crusaders. But if they do, uh, you got to think that Racine Lutheran is a a good, has a good chance to get to state. A couple teams out of uh, the Swal, Mineral Point, um, very, very good, uh, very, very talented, and have a lot of really good players back this year, including Isaac Lindsey, Division I prospect in basketball, but he could probably be a scholarship quarterback as well if he wanted to. Um, Led the team in rushing, threw for more than 2,200 yards, their top receivers are back, they've got a couple first-team all-conference offensive linemen. Really, should be able to put up some pretty prolific numbers in a pretty good conference. And speaking of the SWAL, Lancaster moves into the SWAL this year as part of the uh, one year, ultimately, uh, realignment in the southwest part of the state. Um, be interesting to see how that impacts the Flying Arrows. They've previously competed in the SWC, and going back to, to my time in high school, in the SWAL 1 or the SWAL Large when they were in the same conference as my Richland Center Hornets and, and had been in the SWC as well. But uh, going to a different league, but still should get some very good competition. Again, Mineral Point, uh, Fenimore still pretty solid, Darlington, Iowa Grant, um, Luther is coming into that league, and Aquinas. Uh, so it should be a pretty good group of teams. Uh, and Lancaster has a lot of, uh, of skilled playmakers coming back for their triple option offense. The quarterback Hayden Knapp, 1,400-yard rusher Corey Hahn, Dawson Bowen, who scored 19 touchdowns, their top receiving options are back, um, looking very good. They almost got back to state last year. They lost to Racine Lutheran in the state semifinals, uh, but John hoke got another loaded squad as they uh, gear up for a new conference, but a new shot. And, and also, of course, they had been in Division 5 for quite a few years before dropping down to Division 6 last year. So if they stay down in Division 6, um, you know, it, uh, it, it does make things interesting there. Regis should be very good. I think there's a pretty clear top five um, probably in Division 5 between those two team, uh, teams that we mentioned. But uh, looking, looking very strong. Um, and again, uh, we're seeing Lutheran, Iola, Scandinavia, a couple teams that were in the state title game last year towards the top of the rankings. Division 5, St. Mary Springs. They did St. Mary Springs things last year. Winning a state championship after moving up to Division Five, they twice beat defending Division Five champion Amherst. They had one of the toughest schedules in the state, especially amongst smaller schools. But it didn't matter. They rolled to another state title under Bob Highland. Um, no one's going to feel sorry for him this year. But there are some graduation losses, multi-year starters that will have uh, will have moved on. Mitchell Wechter. Kate Christensen, Jacob Shrouth, just to mention a few. They do have 10 starters back. They have 30 letter winners uh, in the program uh, and some, some good talent returning. Leading rusher Marcus Orlandoni, who's also an outstanding running back. Jacob Hoke, who uh, uh, fills in in the backfield as well and is a, a, an outstanding linebacker of his own, uh, along with Orlandoni. Uh, they'll be close to that cut line again, um, and that'll be a storyline that will we'll follow all year is where will springs end up. But they are a, a favorite and, and maybe a significant favorite once again in division 5 that does have some other very talented teams waiting in the wings and that includes Stratford the team that springs beat in the chi- in the title game last year. They lose a 2000 yard rusher but uh they've they've got some really good talent coming back, a two-way all-state lineman Ben Barton who's committed to Wisconsin. Their quarterback is back, uh, a couple guys that were kind of rotational guys in the backfield return. And, of course, that's a tough conference that they play in, in the Merriwood Conference with, uh, with Edgar and uh, some some other good teams in that league, Auburndale, et cetera, uh, Marathon. So uh, Stratford's looking very good again. Cedar Grove, Belgium, is, has really become a pretty consistent program. Um, they have a lot of talent returning. Michael Navis, their uh, quarterback, a dual-threat kid, uh, just actually picked up his first Division II scholarship offer yesterday, I think it was their top receivers back, uh, a couple of their, their main running backs return. So they're looking very good. Some, some old standbys like Spencer Columbus Catholic and Lake Country Lutheran. And I really like Kiwani as well. They, uh, they went unbeaten in the regular season, uh, made it to level three of the playoffs, but they are one of the more talented and experienced teams in the entire state. I've got them ranked fifth in a very strong division, uh, but they bring back Ryan Carmichael, their first team all-conference quarterback, Owen Kudick is back, one of the more productive running backs in the state, um, and they've got a two-way lineman of their own that just picked up an offer from Wisconsin to go along with Iowa and Syracuse and a whole host of others. Tanner Bordolini, uh, offensive and defensive lineman. So, and that doesn't even we haven't even mentioned Amherst, who uh, I have ranked all the way down at seventh, which probably is a horrible, horrible mistake, but uh, the the Falcons uh, obviously. Saw their state championship run, and last year after three straight titles, four straight appearances in the uh, championship game. But they have the talent that uh, I think could be in the mix. So, you know, are there are there, are there enough young uh, playmakers coming up from the lower levels to uh, to turn them from a you know a top ten team to a, a state finals type of team? We'll see. Amro Colby, uh, I like the the resurgence of Colby last year, uh, and they've got some good uh, good players coming back as well in the Clover Belt. Can they push that? Uh, you know the the dominating trio in the in the Clover Belt of, excuse me, Regis, Stanley Boyd, and Spencer Clemens Catholic. They might be able to get into that mix and, and push for a top three finish. So Division Five looking pretty solid as well. Division Four haven't published yet, but that'll be out tomorrow on Thursday on WSN. And as I posted on Twitter earlier today, I really have no idea what to expect out of Division 4. That's kind of been the case the last few years, where that's been the, uh, the unpredictable vi- uh, division. Uh, of course, 2013, I think it was, um, when Plattville and Winnicottie made it to state with a combined nine losses. Uh, we've seen some other kind of Cinderella or unexpected type runs in Division 4. So we always seem to, to have that be our our, uh, our unpredictable division. And this year, more than ever, there were some really good teams in Division 4 last year. Obviously, St. Croix Central made it to the state for the third year in a row, but we're seeing St. Catharines was the team that got the title in that low-scoring affair. So many of the top teams in Division 4 from last year lost so many of their top players. It is very, very difficult to pick. I think you could pick... Twenty teams out of a hat, one through twenty, and there's really not much that separates those groups. Um, when I was putting the rankings together, I always kind of rough draft out a you know a, a list, um, rough draft where I think teams will be on the first go around as I look over their team and conference information, etc. And I had one team in a in a top five position, and that was Racine St. Catharines as the defending state champion. I didn't know who else to put in there. I think there's a couple good choices to to fill that group out, but, man, it was difficult to find um, teams to, to go in the top five, let alone a team that to pick as the favorite. Uh, again, with so much talent lost from last year for some, so many of these top teams and just so much seeming parity and unknowns and unpredictableness, of the, uh, the division in general. Uh, I did end up kind of by default almost putting Racine St. Catharines number one uh, in Division 4 in the rankings. It'll come out tomorrow. Do they deserve it? Maybe. I mean, you lose a guy like Deshaun Brown, who was a, an incredible playmaker for so long at St. Cat's. Um, hard to, to peg a team losing that kind of talent as a, uh, a top-ranked team. But you know what? Somebody's got to be number one. Uh, and they've got, you know, a couple athletes returning. Isaiah Dodd back in uh, in the running back spot. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, kind of by default. We're seeing St. Catherine's got the uh, top spot. And then, uh, you know, maybe a, a few surprising picks in the top five. I'll, I'll leave it for tomorrow for, for folks to check out. But, again, just trying to find... Teams that didn't have significant significant graduation losses was very difficult. Uh, so it will be a, a year where the depth of the program will be tested in a lot of these Division Four schools. Uh, schools that uh, in teams that have been very good over the years, you expect you know they'll have the 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 better tradition and and things like that. But again, you just don't know in Division Four because it is. Uh, is a very, very hard one to, uh, to, to look at and pick, uh, you know, some teams that were very good last year had such heavy graduation losses. I I couldn't find a spot for them in the top 15 Lakeside Lutheran, um, Wrightstown, very good records last year. Very good teams. Lakeside Lutheran made it deep in the playoffs. Wrightstown won a couple games. I I couldn't, I, I couldn't find a spot. They're, they lost so much from last year. I expect them to to rebound and, you know, they might have some very good kids coming up that will uh, step right in and, and not miss a beat, but I just don't know right now. And so uh, a tough one, tough one to look at. So we'll have, uh, again, divisions uh, four through eight player out uh, as of tomorrow. We'll have division three out on Friday. And then look for Divisions 2 and 1, the spring football rankings, to be coming out early next week on WSN. Division 1 is going to be fun. Division 1 is going to be a fun one to do because it is uh, shaping up to be another loaded year in Division 1. Obviously, Muskego won the state championship last year and and loses some a couple guys, but I think they've got... 15, 16 starters back, something like that overall. Kimberly was a very young team ultimately uh, last year, but still made it to state for a sixth straight year. You have Fond du Lac continuing to ascend uh, with Coach Jorgensen taking over for Coach Jorgensen. Uh, Bayport has a lot coming back, especially on defense. Arrowhead feels like they are maybe back to being Arrowhead uh, that we knew for so many years. And you know, some some chatter that they might be uh, pretty darn good, I feel like they're pretty darn good and, and might be a, uh, a state championship type of team. So Division One is going to be a fun one to look at once we get to it next week. But again, you can check out all those on wisssports.net. Before uh, we, we get too far into football, though, again, there are a number of spring state tournaments and spring state uh, playoffs that are underway, will be underway, taking place over the next two to three weeks. So please get out and, and enjoy those. Hopefully it, uh, it'll it be a little bit nicer weather for some of that. Uh, my son's teams that I coach in, in Little League Baseball, I, I don't recall a year with worse weather. Cold and rainy and no sun and never above 70 pretty much. It's just been a brutal, brutal spring. Maybe it'll break, although looking at the, schedule, the uh, forecast for next week, I was disheartened to see no days above 70 degrees in the initial forecast for next week. Just give us a break. Come on. but if it's not raining we can play so that's that's maybe the best that we can hope for. In the meantime though get out to some of those games, take in some of the action, watch on TV on any of the ones that uh, do get televised um, find them on the on the streaming applications that are available. Because it's, uh, it's winding down, season's almost over, and then it'll be uh, a rush to get ready for the 2019-20 season. And by the way, speaking of 2019-20, got to give a plug for uh, uh, basketball because the brackets or actually the, uh, the assignments, the divisional and sectional assignments did come out this week from the WIAA. Norbert Durst has a breakdown of all the girls' uh, changes, what they mean. Mark Miller will be doing the same for the boys. So check that out on that out on wisports.net as well. But until then, until you get to a uh, get out to a game, we will see you at a game. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at wisports.net. This has been a wisports.net minute. We'll see you at a game.